0: You're listening to Do That Well with your hosts, Brenda Brown and Karen Thrall, a podcast about real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons, unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, and passionate, a series of conversations where we explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. (laughs) And today on Do That Well, we are going to talk about this new thing that I just (laughs) learned about. Thank you for introing us to this uh, idea, Karen, about complexity bias. What is complexity bias? Well, according to the internet, complexity bias is our tendency to look at something that is easy to understand or look at it when we are in a state of confusion and view it as having many parts that are difficult to understand. We often find it easier to face a complex problem than a simple one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the way that I am interpreting this is complexity bias is when we are up against something that could have a simple solution or any kind of chaos or anything where there's unknown, and we have the tendency to try to make a mountain out of a molehill. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On that, there's a quote I found as well from Confucius, life is really simple but we insist on making it complicated. <laughs> so that I I'll I'll tell you what, like in the article, we'll we'll put the link in the in our little blurb. So if anybody wants to read it, it is a 17-minute read for those who are interested in reading it. There is so much to draw from it. And I think one of the, the best examples, or one of my favorite examples, interesting because it talks about behavior, is how um they did a, a scientific research on pigeons. And every time they would drop the food at a certain time, it was automatic, it was an automated like food dispenser. And the pigeons, it was too easy for the pigeons to think, this is just what happens. It has random, it randomly drops food whenever the dispenser wants to. And the pigeons started thinking that their behavior was controlling the dispenser. And they started adjusting their behavior, thinking this is, oh, so when I do this, this is what's gonna happen. If I do this behavior with my neck and I bop like this, then, then then the food will come out. And there wasn't, there was truly just random selection of food. And so they noticed how much we program ourselves to want things to be complicated. We actually choose complexity over simplicity.
0: What I liked about the example with the pigeons that you just mentioned is you can see how, and the article talks about this, we are drawn to a solution that has more assumptions. So from the article, they said that when faced with two competing hypotheses, that we are likely to choose the more complex one. And the one that's more complex is usually the one that has the most assumptions uh, being Mm -hmm. made. Yes, yes. And so I thought that was very interesting that, when there's a lack of information, we gravitate towards the thing that make makes the most assumptions. So it mm-hmm. could have the most hypotheticals versus mm-hmm. the thing that would seem like the simple or more straightforward answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will, you know, we'll maybe ignore a more simple solution as you know, thinking, "Oh, that's never going to work," and we're going to favor the thing that has more like regressions and assumptions mm-hmm. in it instead.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it even talked about how it's a, we think it's a form of intelligence, because it, it shows how that we're able to research and think and come up with something. And so we've put all this effort in. So this has got to be the right one, because we put all the effort in and all the while, it was just a very simple answer to begin with.
0: My mind goes to this idea as well of, there's something about... I'm going to excuse my turn of phrase, but like dumbing things down. There's something about dumbing things down that we seem a bit adverse to. But what's funny about that to me is that when you do look to simplify things or to make them or to dumb them down, you're oftentimes also making it more accessible for others who might Mm -hmm. not have the same knowledge of you Mm -hmm. as you. Mm -hmm. So in a way, when we look to simplify things, we're like furthering the connectivity between ourselves and those around us. Mm -hmm. Just an observation. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on it, but.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is so interesting you said that because I I did think of, um, I recently wrote a document and then read the article, but I had already sent the document. And after reading the article, I went, oh man, I could have made that document even more simple than I did. And I, 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 minimize it to two pages, but I, it's that whole thing of, I, I could have used less words and I was, um, over compensating with sentences to make sure that the, it was clear. And I thought, oh man, like, I wish I could do it again and then pull out maybe a third of those sentences and just trust that everyone understands and not over explain, so that that was actually inspired me because I want I I didn't realize that even in our the way we speak we can be very complex in how we're talking. I, I know for me, even I'll side, segue over here for a little bit as we were preparing for this podcast. One uh, area of opportunity for me to grow <laughs> is um, overthinking. So where I see complexity comes into my life is I overthink and. I have this deep thinker that lives inside me, and I have this playful, sparkly person, and they—they're in combat sometimes. They're in conflict with each other, but that sparkly, playful really uh, kind of pulls the overthinker, the deep thinker out. It goes, "Come on, stop thinking, come play." Uh, but that's probably where I see it the most in my life is when I start going to that that realm of overthinking, and I notice it's my sparkly that not you know kind of. Taps me on the shoulder, goes, get out of there, come over here. And, and just to create more of a balance. So that's for me. That's where I find complexity really kicks in. I, I do notice I'm not as complex when it comes to decision making. I find I'm more whimsical when I make decisions. And that's where I think I probably just feels right. But definitely in the way I think, the way I ponder, the way I, I you know, remunerate or things like that.
0: I will admit I am definitely guilty of the complexity bias in Mm -hmm. most aspects of my life. (laughs) And when I read kind of a bit of where this complexity bias comes from, it made a lot of sense to me. Um, So if I may, from the article, it talks about how complexity bias is very interesting because uh, the majority of cognitive biases that we'll have in our lives – are there to actually save our mental energy? Um, so for example, if you know about the confirmation bias, so confirmation bias is that we tend to stick to information that is going to further um, yes, you know, is going to further our uh, an existing belief that we already have. So that's yes. that bias, right is where you're taking you're making mm-hmm. it easier for yourself. But with complexity bias, it seems as if you're going to be making things more difficult for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's counterintuitive, which I thought was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But the article then goes on to talk about how you can look at complexity bias as uh, a shortcut. So if it's a fight or flight, if we look at our fight or flight responses, the complexity bias really is the flight response. Because if you allow yourself to get into this headspace where you think something is harder than it actually is, then you are, by nature, then surrendering your responsibility to actually understand it. So I thought that mm-hmm. was that particular piece of information. I think is really uh, crucial for mm-hmm. my understanding of complexity bias, and it really yeah. helps me understand why I choose this thought process. This complexity bias in a lot of things that I do Mm -hmm. because if I get really lost in the minutia of something and make it a lot more difficult than it needs to be then that means that I don't actually have to worry about the decision at hand or the task at hand or Mm -hmm. I don't need to understand it fully because now I'm lost in all these details that aren't necessary Mm
1: -hmm. and also it would keep you from acting acting upon it like it would almost convince, be convincing. Oh, it's not time, mm-hmm. and like it's not time yet, so it actually can prolong the action because it's become a little bit more complex. I, I find too um, the other thing I thought was re- I was really drawn to in the article is um, some we call it superstition, some call it spiritual, but it's those intangible things that we rely on. Um, and we just, it's like, we need to be just a little more complicated. So it's signs waiting for a sign, things that can't, I can't guarantee there's no guarantee that a sign will happen, but it will keep us from making a decision. Cause we're waiting for the sign. And that they said, that's part of the complexity bias. I'm like, Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So when you, because now there's, there's things outside of the realm of what's right here. For example, when I moved to San Diego, I'm either pursuing a profession in executive coaching, or I'm not, I had, ex- like, it was that simple. I am. Okay. You're either pursuing in Canada or United States. Okay. I'm going to go with the United States. Okay. You're either crossing the board to Bellingham, Washington, or like I, I had to continually only give myself a few options. And I, and notice I noticed I didn't want to overthink on that. But when I'm in a relation, like a friendship, or I'm really burdened about a friendship, oh my gosh, like I overcomplicate it and I see like, I get a little more suspicious. I Like if I'm burdened about a relationship, I'm almost, oh, maybe they meant this or what if that, if I send this, what will they think? And I start to make it super complicated and it turns out it was nothing after all. And <laughs> so that's where I falter more is um, relationally with with my, my community of friends and loved ones, I'll I'll make it bigger than it actually is. And then I got it like, oh brother. <laughs> like, <"Yeah."> so mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> 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 Um and it is interesting how like many things that we talk about on Do That Well, uh, the complexity bias is something that can be seen in a certain aspect of your life or in all aspects of your life or not, uh, as you just, you know, outlined. Just because you're experiencing it in one sector of your life doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that you're going to carry over into the rest of your life. So I do think Mm -hmm. that that's something to be aware of as well, those places where we might Find ourselves creeping into this complexity bias headspace mm-hmm. versus not,
1: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: and and you know why? Like, is it for you because you place more emphasis in your life and relationships, and that's more important to you? And so then that's when like this bias starts to creep in,
1: mm-hmm. right? I don't know. <laughs> that triggered a thought about um, it can't be that simple. That phrase is such a good phrase. So if you want to know if you're feeling too complicated or if you're in simplicity, if you find yourself going,, well, it can't be that simple, that you might be entertaining complexity bias because now you might it might become more grandiose than it is.
0: Well, and as I listen to you, my mind goes back to the idea about assumptions. So if as you're approaching something, if you can ask yourself, am I making a lot of assumptions? And if the answer is yes, or, you know, as you said, if you find yourself thinking, well, that can't, that's too easy. And then you start going to the thing that has lots of as- assumptions that are being made, it's likely that you're in a complexity bias then. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm.
1: I think too, I love it. We're going to, I'm going to throw another A word. <laughs> so assumptions and also acceptance. I think when you accept, so for example, if, if it's a win and lose, um, and in sports, if I can't accept that the team, my team lost, I'm going to create scenarios that are going to make it more complicated for that to be a reality. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I noticed in my golf game, um, I sometimes make my swing super complicated because I, I can't be that simple. It can't be just me hitting a ball. There's got to be all this technique and then and this and that. And keep your eyes down. here, <laughs> And I, I, I make it so complicated that I, I end up having a terrible swing. But, if I can simplify and just let my like I've been trained, I've got all the skills now, just relax, enjoy the game, but that's too simple and and I think that's why a lot of people a lot of athletes really love the game of golf because it messes with your brain, and I think complexity bias messes with your thinking yeah. and and we think well, but these this is perfect though if I do it this way, it's perfect so so assumptions and acceptance, accepting this most simplest answer and avoiding all the various assumptions that will get you away from a simple answer.
0: Yeah, I like that. I really like the addition of acceptance because as you said, you do there is this moment where you have to recognize, I'm choosing the more laborious path. So, yes. so I need to accept that it doesn't need to be this complicated.
1: Yes. Yes. I
0: really like
1: that you know if I think about people people that are listening that are really uncomfortable about dreaming or goals or and it seems so scary and what ifs and this and and anything like that ask yourself like how do I simplify this desire in me how do I make it just a little more especially artists I'm really thinking about artists right now artists that love what they do and want to earn some money doing it or that want maybe want to showcase it or maybe put themselves out there more. And when you start overcomplicating, um, you, it stunts you from actually doing it. And I think what I would say to the artists who have a beautiful form of expression that they want to share with the world, there it is. That It's that mm-hmm. simple. You have a beautiful expression through art that you'll share with the world. And people will see it or they don't see it. That's up to them, but it's that simple and not to overthink or second guess or make it more complicated. Well, I have to do this and I need this and I've got to do this and I can't until I have this. And all that is, is assuming there's no way I could show my art if I don't have all these things in place. And that's, that's making it complicated.
0: Right. And that was a really big lesson that I had to learn for myself when I was dancing. I know earlier, In in our episode, you did mention that I kind of had some thoughts about that and uh, with fashion as well. But definitely, I mean, for myself, I can speak to when I was dancing, one of the hardest things for me to learn was to be able to stand still on stage Mm -hmm. or to be in silence. I went to a a liberal arts college. And so my dance program was focused mostly on modern dance. And I remember there was a piece that we did at one point and it was actually done completely in silence. And Mm -hmm. so the only sounds were like the sounds of our bodies and our breath and things like that. And that was a really uncomfortable piece for me because I was so used to be able to hide, or not hide, but have like the extra textures of music. And so it's very interesting to see what happens when we start whittling things down to a more simple form and, and the beauty that can come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, or to for those people that are into fashion out there, you know, Coco Chanel, one of her most famous quotes is, before you leave the house, look in the mirror and take one thing off. Another one of her famous quotes is, it is always better to be underdressed and so she was known for for being this, you know, fashion icon, yet even she had these very infamous quotes about simplifying your look and your outfit mm-hmm. and how that's really the mm-hmm. the stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So then that makes me think of um self-love. Sometimes we we hide behind too much And we're overcomplicating how much love you have for yourself, you know, and sometimes we think, well, this can't be enough. I'm in sweatpants and a t-shirt. How could this possibly be enough? But you, the simplicity of who you are, the way you're designed, the way you think, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you feel is enough. You don't have to overcomplicate who you are as a woman, man, man, human on this planet. (laughs) And, um, so that made me think of that too, is that just that call to action, like where, where are you complicating? Is it in how you view yourself in the mirror? Is it in how you work at work? Are you making your job harder than it has to be? Because you want to know, you want to people see you valued. Do you you trust that your your simple approach to your work will actually make you more valuable, or do you feel like, no, no, I got to overwork, I got to really push and put myself out there and really do this and get show them a long list and not sleep and things like that? Well, what would simplicity look like in your life? Mm -hmm. So there's so many. Yeah, I love what you said about your dance that you. Yeah, you had to learn not to move. Mm-hmm, yeah, I guess it's dancing, and you had to learn. I had how to, to, learn be how to be still.
0: Still, yeah. And and honestly, once I learned that, that became one of my favorite things to lean on in my wow. performances. Like I loved a solo. Um, if I just like went out on stage and literally just stood there like in a fan looking at the audience you know and like that's all it needed to be like a beautiful con costume and eye contact and those became wow. some of the most powerful pieces and i think you know looking back those are the pieces that people would always comment on the most as well like that that was so visually stunning you were just yes. standing there you were co- you were a statue and it was beautiful and it was perfect and i was like really because it doesn't feel like i'm dancing but mm. I, that was my complexity bias speaking. Mm-hmm. I had to accept. I Had that to be I more enough, and yeah. I didn't. And I had to stop making assumptions that it needed to be more than it was. Mm-hmm. Exceptions mm-hmm. and assumptions. I think mm-hmm. we nailed it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, when you said visually stunning simplicity, simplifying your life or portions of your life is visually stunning. That that in itself is a, is a motivator. S- think about. W- whenever you get mega complicated about something, is it visually stunning? It, it causes confusion with the, it does create confusion because you have to build so much energy and so much information, so much what ifs and so much suspicion or whatever assumptions you have to, you have to build so much that it, it's not visually stunning, it's interesting, <laughs> you know it's it's like, oh, that's so, oh, okay, I've never heard that before, but it's not, and maybe this call to action for simplifying is that what parts of my life have have lost that visual stunning pizzazz or that visual stunning warmth or that visual stunning um stillness Mm -hmm. and that simplifying i think it's like i want to go back to confucius life is really simple but we insist on making it complicated so where in your life is it just too complicated and start shedding that and get back to the the, just the purity of why you do what you do
0: we've definitely talked quite a bit about the difference between like complexity bias and simplicity and we've started to troubleshoot some ways that we can can get there that we can start moving out of complexity bias and more towards simplicity i want to bring in this article that we would i want i want to bring in the article solution because Mm. we have meandered a bit as we tend to do and for those of you that might want like a hard and fast solution i would like to be able to provide that for you Mm. so (laughs) according Mm. to the article. The perfect solution to complexity bias is Occam's razor. I had never heard of this before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you have, but Occam's razor suggests that the simplest solution or explanation is usually the correct one. So when we don't have enough empirical evidence to disprove a hypothesis, we should avoid making unfounded assumptions. There it is. Stop making unfounded assumptions or adding unnecessary complexities that we can make quick decisions or establish truths. So it's also important to note that Occam's razor does not state that the simplest hypothesis is necessarily the correct one, but it does state that it is the best option before the establishment of further empirical evidence. So I like this idea that, again, it's about moving away from assumptions and the simplest answer might not be the correct one. But it's one that you should look to before you start placing a whole bunch of other assumptions and bringing in knowledge that you can't um, fact check, you know, into the equation. So mm-hmm. so there it is straight from the the article. Avoid yeah. Assumptions.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the way to do that is look at the – well, this is how I do it. I don't know. This I'll tell you how I do it. Brenda, you can say how you do it. I, I limit it to – Um, I'm going to choose this, this, or this. I won't give myself more than three options. So, And then I prioritize for me which one I'm drawn to the most. That's simple. But I don't have too too many options because then I get overwhelmed. So which one am I drawn to the most? I'm going to go there because that's the one that's got my attention. And then I leave the two on the back burner, and then I just mine the gold. Like I just start, let's see where this takes me Uh, because those two other options are still available. You know, you can still turn around and go try those options. But I think it's really important to like, and and not assume one's better than the other, or like, there's no like, this, this is the only way I can only make this decision, there is no better way. No, they're actually all great decisions. And uh, to assume that only one is the greatest decision.
0: I actually think that I need to learn from you here, Karen. I really like what you just said about the, like, choose three or, you know, bring it down to a certain number. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, I definitely am guilty of some complexity bias in my life. And I do think it's something that I have started to get better about and improve upon in the last few years of my life. And one of the things that I do think has helped me, so perhaps this will help some of you out there as well is this idea that I'm a pretty firm believer because I think it's true that (laughs) (laughs) that we can really only control ourselves, right? So we can only control ourselves. We can only control our actions. We can't control anything else around us. We can't control other people. We can't control their reactions, so on and so forth. So for me, I think taking that idea to all aspects of my life has helped me move away from complexity bias Because what happens when I'm remembering that I can't control anybody or anything around me is that I stop making assumptions. So me making less assumptions was a byproduct of this thought process of Mm. I can only control Brenda. I can Mm. only control Brenda's thoughts. I can only control the way that she reacts to to things. I can Mm. only control what knowledge I have. If I choose to gain more knowledge, that's something that, again, I'm controlling. So, so you know, if I am approaching a situation and I'm starting to think about the ways in which maybe other people are going to react or I might think, well, Karen might have this feedback or she might have this thing to say about this podcast or this topic. So now I'm going to this place where I'm starting to make assumptions mm-hmm. about what I think is going to happen or what I think you're going to think or what you're going to say. And now I'm in this complex place where if I can just stick to what I know and what I have control over, I think that helps me move towards more simple solutions. Mm
1: -hmm. That's really good. I love it. The reason I'm another reason I love that so much is when I think of what I was telling you earlier, the where I overthink is in the relational component with friends and loved ones. And um, if I simplify and say, What is true? Ah, I love that person. What else is true? They're my friend. What else is true? We may not have the same view on some things. What else is true? Like that I can control that. That, But if I feel like I'm responsible or I feel like I have to do something or say something or ask questions or draw things out. And then, well, well, if they're, maybe they're thinking this, or maybe I should just ask them and I'm complicating. And I've noticed when I do that, it does create a strain because I'm, so this thing of what you said, I what do you know to be true? I, I I can tell you I'm con- I can control this human right here this person, <laughs> so that was great. Very that that applies. I think that's applicable right across the boards.
0: It is something I find myself going to a lot, and mm-hmm. I think especially when it comes to relationships, it, it's it's been a game changer for me to really mm-hmm. keep that in mind that. Mm-hmm. And, and it removes the, the
1: expectations too. All of a sudden there's not, a, the expectations aren't there. Exactly. Like this complexity thing is a true gift. It's a true gift because not, we could go on a whole series on just expectations. Like it, it, it has a rabbit trail effect and we're saying pull back all that energy rabbit trailing because it, oh, oh this is it. This was the sign or this is that like you're, it's wow. Really complicated. Who are you in this moment right now? And how do you simplify so that you can thrive? And uh, so anyways, I like this. I like it. There's so much here. And really, isn't there like there's so much content here? Uh,
0: as always, always. Yes. <laughs> well, we are running up on our time. So with that being said, I think our key takeaways here, If I, I will speak for you, Karen, but then do it. feel free to interject. Do it. I think we're probably in agreement that when we're approaching complexity bias, I, I feel like those two those two A words, the acceptance mm-hmm. and the assumptions, stay away from assumptions and try to find acceptance. Can mm-hmm. you accept the more simple truth and can mm-hmm. you leave extra assumptions out of it? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's there's obviously a lot more that we discussed, but mm-hmm. if we really needed to whittle it down, I think we yeah. could whittle it down like to those it. two
1: words. <laughs> I like it because, you know, 30 minutes, no big deal.
0: Taking on the world 30 minutes at a time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to Do That Well. We'll be back next week.